May the sound of this bell penetrate deeply into the cosmos. In even the darkest places, may living beings hear it clearly, so their suffering will cease, understanding arises in their hearts, and they can transcend the path of anxiety and sorrow. With posture upright and stable, we are seated at the foot of the Bodhi tree. Body, speech, and mind are one in stillness. There is no more thought of right and wrong. Our mind and body dwell in perfect mindfulness. We rediscover our original nature, leaving the shore of illusion behind. Noble Sangha, diligently bring your mind into meditation. Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya Namo Shakyamunaye Buddhaya In gratitude, we offer this incense throughout space and time to all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. May it be fragrant as Earth herself, reflecting careful awareness and the fruit of understanding, slowly ripening. May we and all beings be companions of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. May we awaken from forgetfulness and realize our true home. Friends, please join me for a 10-minute meditation. The audio that follows is simply meant to drown out any ambient noise that may distract you from your meditation. If you would like to meditate in silence, please mute your device now.
Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambudahasa. The Dharma is deep and lovely. We now have a chance to see, study, and practice it. We vow to realize its true meaning. Avalokiteshvara, while practicing deeply with the insight that brings us to the other shore, suddenly discovered that all of the five skandhas are equally empty, and with this realization he overcame all ill-being. Listen, Shariputra, this body itself is emptiness, and emptiness itself is this body. This body is not other than emptiness, and emptiness is not other than this body. The same is true with feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. Listen, Shariputra, all phenomena bear the mark of emptiness. Their true nature is the nature of no birth, no death, no being no non-being, no defilement, no purity, no increasing, no decreasing. That is why in emptiness, body, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness are not separate self-entities. The eighteen realms of phenomena, which are the six sense organs, the six sense objects, and the six consciousnesses, are also not separate self-entities. The twelve links of interdependent arising and their extinction are also not separate self-entities. Ill-being, the causes of ill-being, the end of ill-being, the path, insight, and attainment are also not separate self-entities. Whoever can see this no longer needs to attain anything. Bodhisattvas who practice the insight that brings us to the other shore see no more obstacles in their mind, and because there are no more obstacles in their mind, they can overcome all fear, destroy all wrong perceptions, and realize perfect nirvana. All Buddhas in the past, present, and future, by practicing the insight that brings us to the other shore, are all capable of attaining authentic and perfect enlightenment. Therefore, Shariputra, it should be known that the insight that brings us to the other shore is a great mantra, the most illuminating mantra, the highest mantra, a mantra beyond compare, the true wisdom that has the power to put an end to all kinds of suffering. Therefore, let us proclaim a mantra to praise the insight that brings us to the other shore. Gate gate para gate para sam gate bodhisattva gate gate para gate para sam gate bodhisattva gate gate para gate para sam gate bodhisattva
Okay, so I wanted to talk about the subject of the month, which is Pride Month. And given that this is our first um, meeting of the month, I thought it would also be a good idea to tie in the precepts. So I just wanted to, I'm not going to read the whole uh, mindfulness trainings for every single one of them, but the first precept is the um, um, awareness of the suffering caused by the destruction of life. I vow to cultivate compassion and learn ways to protect the lives of people, animals, plants, and minerals. The second one is aware of the suffering caused by exploitation, social injustice, stealing, and oppression. I vow to cultivate loving kindness and learn ways to work for the well-being of people, animals, plants, and minerals. The third, I'm going to skip that one because we'll come back to it. The fourth is aware of the suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others. I vow to cultivate loving speech and listen deeply in order to bring joy and happiness to others and relieve others of their suffering. The fifth is aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption. I vow to cultivate good health, both physical and mental for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. So the third one, the one that I skipped over, is aware of the suffering caused by sexual misconduct. I vow to cultivate responsibility and learn ways to protect the safety and integrity of individuals, couples, families, and society. I am determined not to engage in sexual relations without love and a long-term commitment. To preserve the happiness of myself and others, I am determined to respect my commitments and the commitments of others. I will do everything in my power to protect children from sexual abuse and to prevent couples and families from being broken by sexual misconduct. So the third precept or the third mindfulness training is about sexual misconduct. And it may seem odd from a Western perspective where our thoughts on religion are deeply rooted in Christianity, Judaism, the uh, monotheistic Abrahamic religions of the West, where matters of sexuality come up very early in those books. They make it very clear about the binary genders and what they're supposed to do and anything else is, you know, um, off limits, taboo, all of that. In the sutras, it's actually not addressed early on. It's kind of vague and just says no sexual misconduct. It's not until you get into the monastic rules where they really get specific about what sexual misconduct would mean. And for monastics, who are mostly involved in celibacy, basically any sexual activity is sexual misconduct. So for the lay people, everything is just about avoiding actions that cause more suffering. For the monastics, those rules get more explicit and it's just celibacy. So it's not really a gender-based issue for either the lay people or the monastics. It's not until much later that anything about 
uh, gender or or um, sexuality as far as homosexuality, heterosexuality, or anything else even gets mentioned. I want to play this one uh, YouTube recording of Thich Nhat Hanh talking, answering a question. It's a five minute long video and the first two and a half minutes are him being asked a question and then the second half is his answer on the subject of gender roles and oddly enough it was for a heterosexual couple who had been told by a buddhist teacher that they were not doing it right that they were not properly occupying the gender binary roles so here it is Dear Thai, dear Sangha, um, almost a year ago we had an advisor um, who told us that it was shortly after my husband and I got married that um, my husband wasn't a real man and I wasn't a real woman and he told us that we should take a course to become a man and a woman. And that has caused a lot of trouble in our relationship and we got completely lost so my husband tried to be someone he wasn't and I tried to become a woman not knowing what a woman should be like and it got worse and worse and caused a lot of trouble for our relationship. And ever since I've asked myself the question what makes a man a man, what makes a woman a woman, apart from the physical differences, is it important to to know the difference in a loving relationship and in case you've got children what do you teach your child when it's a girl or when it's a boy vor um, über anderthalb jahren haben mein mann und ich einen berater gehabt kurz nachdem wir geheiratet haben der uns gesagt hat um, wir er wäre kein mann und ich wäre keine frau und wir müssten erst mal Mann und Frau werden und hat uns sozusagen in so eine Art Trainingscamp geschickt, äh, wo wir das lernen sollten. Und ähm, mein, mein Mann hat versucht, sich zu jemandem zu entwickeln, der er nicht war und ich habe das Gleiche versucht und wir haben uns beide verloren in der Zeit und ähm, wussten dann gar nicht mehr, wie man als Mann sein soll, wie man als Frau sein soll, wie man in einer Beziehung miteinander umgeht als, als Mann und Frau. Und das hat uns in, in sehr, sehr große Schwierigkeiten gebracht. Und äh, deswegen ich, stelle ich mir seitdem jetzt die Frage, was macht ein Mann zu einem Mann, was macht eine Frau zu einer Frau? Ist es wichtig, das zu wissen? Und ist es wichtig, das für eine, eine glückliche Beziehung zu wissen? Und wenn man Kinder hat, was bringt man seinem Kind bei, wenn es ein Mädchen ist oder wenn es ein Junge ist? Be beautiful, be yourself. Sei schön, sei du selbst. Uh, we have to accept uh, what we are. A lotus is beautiful as a lotus. She doesn't have to to become a rose in order to be beautiful. Wir müssen das akzeptieren, was wir sind. Ein, eine Lotusblume ist schön als Lotusblume und sie muss nicht eine, zu einer Rose werden, um, um schön zu sein. And to be a, a gay or a lesbian is equally beautiful. 
und schwul oder lesbisch zu sein, ist genauso gleich schön. And we should not be caught by words and notions. Und wir sollten nicht in Worten oder Vorstellungen gefangen sein. Everything that we see manifest uh, the wonders of uh, of God, of the ultimate reality. Und alles, was wir sind, das sind ist eine Manifestation von Gott, von der ultimativen Wirklichkeit. And we have to deal with uh, everyone, everything as with the most, uh, uh, the deepest kind of respect. Wir müssen jeder Sache und jedem Menschen mit dem größtmöglichen Respekt begegnen. Um, people say that I am a man, but I am not sure. Die Leute sagen, ich sei ein Mann, aber ich bin mir da nicht so sicher. Because I behave uh, very often like a mother. Weil ich mich sehr oft wie eine Mutter verhalte. My disciples see in me uh, a father, a teacher and a mother at the same time. Und meine, meine Schüler, die sehen in mir einen Vater, einen Lehrer und eine Mutter und alles gleichzeitig. And I enjoy being a mother. <lacht> und ich genieße es, eine Mutter zu sein. So let us not be caught by words and concepts. Lasst uns also nicht in Worten und Vorstellungen gefangen sein. Uh, uh, in Buddhism we have the word uh, suchness. It means the reality as it is. You cannot use any concept or any word in order to describe it. Im Buddhismus da haben wir den Begriff des So-Seins und man kann keine Worte oder Vorstellungen benutzen, um das zu beschreiben. So we should not be uh, list, listen to those uh, uh, people who give us uh, that kind of advice and lose uh, our joy and uh, happiness. Deswegen sollten wir solchen Leuten kein Gehör schenken, die uns uh, unsere Freude und unsere, unser Glücklichsein damit rauben. Okay, so that, that was uh, the end of the recording. And I may have misunderstood, she said that it was an advisor who told them that they were doing their relationship wrong. And um, I don't know, that might've been a translation thing. That might've been like a marriage counselor, what we would call a, a counselor or a therapist, not necessarily anything Buddhist in that context. But I love uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's answer about, you know, we are just what we are, where we are suchness. And um, those concepts don't apply, which what, what he's saying there is that gender is a concept. Because the question is, uh, you know, of, about gender and about gender roles and about what you teach kids about gender roles. And uh, his, his answer is basically that those are just concepts and don't get caught in the concepts. I feel like they're traps, man, like little boxes. I like how he brought up suchness and stuff. And yeah, like I was going to say, like advisor, Buddhist, whoever that person was, I'd think of a lot of other terms to label them with for just making that statement. Uh, right. Probably the 80s or early 90s, people were assholes. It just kind of was the way. But uh, suchness. Uh, but I just honestly feel like the whole idea of just, yeah, it, it, acceptance on, on the way things are, um, 
We always fall back on the trap of biology and these ideas and concepts that are derived simply because of what we see on the surface. But I know for a fact that like practicing yoga allows people to get into their body. 90% of the time, people are stuck in their head. And in our head is where we experience our heart the most and like where we like fall in love with people and where we grow into relationships and identity uh, and, and create like all these various branches of ego throughout a lifetime of who we truly are and like our body is like a very 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 small very relative yet irrelevant uh part of our identity you know like right and we can we can work that to our advantage but we've just seen throughout history dude like it's it's about time for acceptance man there's nothing of deviant nature there are people that are just beautiful people with healthy relationships that do things differently than what we've considered normal for a long time. And and I hate to say it, man, like some of the stubbornness I've seen, just like, I don't know, but the only objections to homosexuality that I come across these days, just like for any kind of inverse, or, uh, you know, different sexuality um, or lifestyles and, and, and all, man, you see a lot of ignorance, dude. Not only if that's just where my heart of my mind is for people these days, sort of, I can't respect, I haven't respected had respect for or even any validity and even seeing the need or the idea like i've never felt anything was valid about any of the objections to adverse lifestyle today that i come across or just there's this lack of acceptance i mean it's a it's a really just cripple i think it's something that stems from those old ideas that people beat into themselves and it stopped you know raping everybody or whatever they were doing before. I don't know, man. You read the Bible, there was a whole lot of rape and incest and stuff with those folks, too. And too, man, like, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> not telling anybody to go read the book of Judges chapter 19 or anything, but, you know, if you were just around that area, just uh, it should have an NSFW label. Apparently, they didn't do that in the King James Version. But... Oh, no, man. I just think, like, it's it's crazy, man like so obsessed with sexuality at such an early time and you saw a need for it times have changed like man you can still go to the origin of some of these places a hundred years ago and like a lady who looked different like a really dark or really light-skinned lady would walk down the street and be like sexually assaulted by like different groups of men for different reasons like just just because it was the norm you know and we don't do that anymore, man. We don't need anybody giving us this on what's okay, like what's obedient, like good boy. No, man. Like if somebody feels something in their heart, somebody has something that you know wants to lead them in a direction in life. Because I'm gonna be real, man. I did weird shit when I was a kid and experimented with my sexuality and my youth and shit. Did all kinds of gay shit, but it led me to where I'm at, which is like I wouldn't like fucking cis heteronormative outcomes in my life like kids and i want to play that role of a father and like family i want that so that's my identity you know what I mean? like gay dudes hit on me and they're like super rich and stuff and like oh dude come hang out with me and i'm just like oh philip <laughs> can't get this dude pregnant no that's a bad joke but you know what i mean like there are things that i want in life and if other people have other things that they want in life that lead them in a different direction dude I can't fucking judge them. I can't hold that against them. I really don't even feel the need to converse that with them. I just want to understand that and accept that and let people know the way to be. Uh, like, like 
I don't know. I just feel like, I, I don't know. When I think of all this stuff, when I think of Pride, and when I when I make all the Facebook posts I make or do whatever I do throughout Pride, like now, like coming out day, like it's funny. I made a post and I mentioned a certain relative who did get diagnosed with like paranoid schizophrenics, you know, situations and was medicated and became addicted to certain drugs, fell into things, and in the process, the biggest breakthrough for him that was able to help him with the recovery of his mental health, um, or you know, the, the recovering to a state that was more you know acceptable amongst everybody else in society um, and give up the drugs was the ability to come out later in his life like when he was able to openly say hey that this is what it is and uh that was that was that was what was eating at the man's heart man literally drove him crazy and drove him to drugs and drove him to all kinds of suffering in his life he was able to live with that and what's really crazy about it is like my mom always said that it was some pressure. I can't hear you. I'm completely mute. Someone just called me. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, someone was just ringing my phone. My, my coworker keeps calling me as if there's some type of emergency. but Bicycle-related emergency. They cannot wait. Well, I don't know what it is. He's just a young kid, and he gets really flustered really fast. But anyway, man. I don't know. My, my my family saw that hurt. There was also a lot of other crazy stories. They were more like hearsay things. So, like, I don't like to validate them entirely, but there's here's one that was always interesting to me. I had this uncle that, at a young age, I knew he was different. And people in the family had caught him with men, you know, doing things. But at the time, his brothers would have literally killed him had he come out and been openly gay. <laughs> like, that was yeah. the way that people were in that neighborhood at the time so he married and had a family and had kids and grandkids and in the end of it all um in the end of his life he was found dead in an area that was his home but in a part of his home that no one ever accessed just kind of dumped off there with drugs in his system uh you know like erection pills mm -hmm. part of me is like did this man just live a secret his entire life and he went out and maybe partied with a lover and had a heart attack and got dumped off on his front porch but no one in the last 50 years had touched his front porch everybody went through the back in the alleyway and there was furniture across the front door on the inside so he couldn't get in the house like like he wouldn't have approached that way you know he wouldn't have asked to be dropped there but mm -hmm. just to get caught with those things or to have those things in your system <laughs> yeah. as that is, um that's different for me those things, those tragedies that have been part of my family, and the, oh man, it's it's stuff that I even am left to question. I'm just wondering, like the questioning in my heart and the insecurity of my family, those people's kids and stuff like that. Like, damn, dude, like that's a lot. That's a lot that people could have just solved with acceptance. And you know, in a current time where we do have the level of acceptance that we have now, you know, not everywhere, obviously, but in a lot of places. People are free from a lot of that, dude. Like there are people, they're loud, proud young dudes, and I think that more of the world needs to see that because we do still have a few like super bigots that I run into all the time. They just see me, a, a long-haired dude with tattoos and painted toes, that talks weird and has crazy-ass liberal opinions. You know, like obviously I'm a queer of some sort or something. I yeah. get all kinds of judgment from people, and I'm just like, wow, dude. Like, what would you do with gay neighbors, you know? Right. What would you do 
in a lot of situations. I don't know, man. There's just a lot of people that are still kind of lingering, and I think the more that people see, like, oh, shit, we lost. <laughs> I don't know. People, I guess people who put Trump flags on their trucks don't know anything about what's going on in the world currently. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think that the world's a good place when I think of Pride Month and the fact that, that we could celebrate things like that and celebrate, um, you know, different varieties of people in existence in our world. Let our friends be proud about something that's that's been a process for them uh, and stand by. And me be myself, I love just being goofy and supportive of that. I would fucking wear stupid outfits and, like, be the most flamboyant dude at a parade with a bunch yeah. of, like, dudes who are normally flamboyant and shit. Like, I like doing that and making my friends laugh and enjoy themselves in this time when I have the time to do that. And also being a perv and stuff and wearing skimpy shorts and making my gay buddies check me out and torture them. But that's, that's, that's for my ego. That's <laughs> but uh, I look good in those shorts. Um, anyway, the point being, dude, I support the shit because it's, it's a new world, man. Like it's, it's something that needs to be taught. Uh, we're not going to be accepted for our feelings in the matter of our mind. until people see it as a reality. Um, you're not limited to the physical construct of your genitalia uh, and what somebody wrote on a piece of paper when you came out. Um, your mind's going to evolve. You're like, after talking to you, I'm a different person. After sitting and meditating, I'm a different person than who sat down. Uh, even processing my own thoughts allows me to make that change. So labels are fucking dumb. Judgment is pointless. And uh, fucking, it's a reason to celebrate beyond that, dude. <laughs> they can be there for people, which is cool, man. Um, I like it. I like Pride Month. I like, I don't know. I used to always joke around, too, when I was younger, man. Take the rainbow back from gay people if I could. It's mine. Like, yeah. it's a cool symbol. Something to be proud of, too, man. Like, you can have an symbol. It's one, one thing about just being a normal dude, man. Like, you know, you gotta, like, culture up real hard if you want to carry a symbol and I don't really care to do that because those kind of labels are even more annoying <laughs> but yeah man I don't know I, I definitely enjoyed the practice today as well um, the sounds even though I didn't have headphones on the, the, the sound quality seemed better maybe it was just your, your signal or I don't know if you did any editing or added to the to the sound but everything sounded really great today awesome. including the like I almost understood the German it was so clear <laughs> I could tell it was German. Yeah, it was. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, man. I gotta, I gotta head out. But I, you know, we got, we got a little bit of a late start today, so there, there was more that I wanted to, to say on it too. But you know, Tiknaan basically said it very succinctly that those are all, it's all just concepts and just come back like we said in a previous discussion just keep coming back to the basics it's all about the middle way the four noble truths and the eightfold path it's all about reducing suffering and that's really all that matters so uh with that in mind um i've got to get out of here but thank you for joining me i hope blaze listens to this i hope josh all our buddies uh, are doing well and will catch up with us on the next call Yep. Later, brother. Later.